and welcome to Can Marketing Save the Planet? Where each episode we discuss the most important issues in sustainability for marketers. And we'll be discussing why marketing needs to get responsible and use its powers for good. My name's Michelle Carville. I'm a marketer and I'm an author. I've written a few books and I run an agency. And I'm Gemma and I too work in marketing and just a general all-round angry person. (laughs) And I'm Dr. Geraint Evans or G as I'm more commonly known. I'm also a marketer, also do a bit of writing and generally try and have as much fun as possible. Why did we write this book? Yeah, why did we write this book? As I recall it, all three of us are really passionate about sustainability as a topic, but we're also all professional marketers. But we've always been a little bit uncomfortable by some of the things that our profession does in relation to sustainability. I think that's how we got started on this over a cocktail one time, right? That's right. It was all about, remember, we wanted the title of this book to be Do Good, Get Good, because it was all about what we could be doing and not just what we would be doing, but the fact that those that are more sustainable, that put themselves out there to do good business, actually were getting good results. But I think we also thought, Gemma, I think you particularly said this was around the fact that all this stuff can't just be perfect, that there's a sort of connotation to sustainability, that everything goes perfectly, everyone's saving things, it's all, all good, all great. But there's kind of murkier sides to it as well, right? Business is, is seen as the catalyst to lead the charge and lead the change. You know, between business and marketing, I think that's where the changes can actually happen. I think one of the hardest things based on what you said is, is I think a lot of people also don't know where to start. And I think that was something that we talked a lot about early when we were kind of starting to come up with ideas for the book was around sort of making it quite actionable and things that people, other marketing practitioners could actually do. That's, that was always the thing that I liked most about when we sort of started on this was I myself also felt like this was a, such a huge topic often for a company or a brand to tackle that I sort of didn't know what the first thing to do was. So I think, I think that's, that's been quite fun through the process of writing the book is getting to that sort of actionable list, like you said, it actually doing something rather than feeling like it's too big to tackle or too big to surmount, you know? And I think we also embarked on writing this book because none of us are sustainability experts mm-hmm. and we've all learned so much through this writing process. And actually... It's about helping marketers to understand some of the big challenges that we all face in a way that they can relate to it and then take the necessary actions to make change, really. Michelle, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I echo all of that. That was exactly the, the reason for putting the book together to create something hugely practical. And yeah, we're not perfect. It's not perfect. But there's always something that we can all be doing. I love when we were asking people to review the book, one of the climate scientists came back and said, marketeers, they're usually the people I steer clear of because you are part of the problem. You know, sustainable marketing is almost a bit of an oxymoron and it is an oxymoron. But here we are as marketeers taking responsibility and helping our fellow colleagues and peers to have something practical to at least start making progress with because we can all start to do something. And that is what we've seen through putting this book together. It was an epic task when we when we started to look at each one of these epic topics that we cover. There are enormous things that we are covering in this book and it would be remiss to think that we've covered everything and we've got the solutions to everything. But we are starting out with a path that we can follow and indeed hopefully others can join us along that path. 
Absolutely. And I think you speak there of the topics that we chose and why did we choose the topics? And I think we chose the topics that we felt were relevant to marketing and to business, didn't we? So, you know, stakeholder engagement, the importance of effective partnerships, because I think one theme that absolutely runs through the book is there's no one part of society or there's no one individual or one country that can solve or make impactful changes to the sustainability problem that exists today in isolation. This requires a collective effort on a worldwide scale. As huge as that sounds, it's true. You know, this is about saving the planet. It is. And the the topics that we all chose, I mean, I knew a bit about leadership, the leadership space. You know, I've written books about digital and leadership and the future of leadership and, and various things like that. But where leadership fits into corporate social responsibility and sustainability, there was so much that I learned through just exploring and researching what that was all about. And that is an important part of the process as well. It's great to hear in the reviews of people that have read the book so far that they too have, even as much as they thought they knew, have learned something. You know, I think for all of us, we've uncovered things in the book around the subjects that we tackled because it was tackling them. We weren't coming from an expert's perspective. We were digging up the research and and doing critical analysis and, and really trying to understand the practicalities of it. And what does that mean for us as marketeers and what impact can we really make? And it's interesting to see that others have felt that shift too, that they were learning things along the way. What are the most surprising things that you learned through the course of research in the book? I think personally for me, one of the biggest learnings was you really have to take some responsibility individually and educate yourself and go out there and read reports and read articles and speak to people and don't think it's going to be somebody else's problem to solve for you because that will never happen. And it's only through that process of educating yourself on the facts that you can actually start to put together a plan that can affect change. But yeah, my sole piece of learning is no one else is going to do this for me. We all have to be part of the solution, as cheesy as that sounds. But it's true, right? It's absolutely critical. And and I think it's the same. I think there were times, and I know for sure, when we were all researching and, and going through and writing, there was almost a sense of, my goodness, you've got to remain optimistic here because it could all feel very gloomy and very, there's just no hope. What's the point? We've completely, we've hit that kind of brick wall and we can't get through it. But of course, we can. We can. But we all have to take that responsibility and do things as a collective. And that is something I've always known, but I didn't always know what I could be doing to affect that. It's not all about activism. It's about simple things that we can all be doing. What about you, G? I think definitely what you, you both just said. I think one thing for me that remains a kind of source of, sort of surprise and frustration from it is, is the idea that, is that lots and lots of people are trying to establish standards and ways of working and sort of targets that a lot of the narrative we discuss in the book is around, you know, the United Nation goals, and various from supply chain communities to other, other things, all, all trying to give companies and individuals a sense of, you know, what to do, what practical steps, what targets are we aiming for? But I think it was surprising about the, the amount of that and also how often, again, how kind of scary it all feels when, you, when even as you were sort of trying to summarize it, and I'm already convinced that as soon as the book's published, you know, we'll have 
at least 50 associations um, <laughs> emailing us instantly saying, I cannot believe you didn't include our organization or our standard or our thought in your book. Like, you know, already imagine that coming. And, and honestly, I, I welcome it. I can't wait to do follow up additions to it and really keep going on it for that reason, you know, but, I, but I'm already anticipating that we've, we've just scratched the surface. So I guess, I guess to me, that's a positive and a negative. There's a, there's a bit of me that thinks, oh, uh, sort of single, simple messages on this would be really useful for marketeers. But I'm yeah. also kind of worried that there's so many people with a, a voice in this, but I'm not sure where to go on that. So I think over the course of the episodes of this podcast, and as we write more editions of the book and write whatever else we do on the back of it, I think it's going to be really exciting to see how that all evolves. Does it get more complicated? Does it get simpler? I don't know. One would hope it gets simpler because that was really interesting, wasn't it? The frameworks piece, how many frameworks there are from different associations and different, you know, we tried to nail down to say, what are the metrics? How do organizations measure this? How do they know that they are moving in the right direction towards the SDGs or the net zeros? You know, where's this collective understanding of, of what they need to do and how they need to do it. And you're absolutely right. There are, there just isn't a thing, is there? There just, it's each individual organization seems to have its own interpretation. Absolutely. And there's not even standardization within industries. As I wrote about in the plastic chapter, got all these supermarkets making huge pledges and grand promises, but some are talking percentages, some are talking weights, some are talking timeframes. And as consumers, how do you possibly compare and contrast and make a decision that says, well, I'm going to shop there because they're doing good for the environment? And we wrote about all of the different agreements across the world and, you know, they're not mandatory to sign up to and they're not even legally binding. Some of them are based on hoping that if some countries do good, the others will be peer pressured into following, which, you know, we have to make changes and putting 40-year targets on things is, is not acceptable because who's still going to be the CEO today in 40 to 50 years' time? They're not going to be, are they? So as I said, it seems it's always someone else's problem. So in this podcast series then, you know, because there are meaty and very, very thorny subjects that we are going to be touching upon. And we are marketeers. We are senior marketeers. We're highly experienced marketeers. But we are not climate specialists, sustainability experts, but we do feel that marketing and the consumption that we drive as marketeers plays a role. And we want to ensure that as marketeers, we're doing more and we're doing as much as we can do. So what are we going to be bringing in this podcast? We're not just going to talk about the book because, of course, the book's been written, the book's been done, everybody can buy the book and read the book and and work with our fantastic framework and at least start to think about this subject and start to make some steps. So what are we going to tackle? What is our reason for bringing this podcast together and what can our audience expect? Well, I think the purpose of this podcast is to educate and raise awareness of all things sustainable. As we've discussed, there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, position marketing and business is central to driving change in this huge challenge that faces us all. It's not going to be hearing from us. It's going to be hearing from individuals and organizations who are already doing sustainability well. And it's about digging into why, what, and how they're doing it. And what we want to share is 
their successes and use them to drive others to follow suit. Yeah, that's the really exciting bit, isn't it? It's like even as we've gone through sort of final editing and proofing and all the stuff we've done on the book in, in, the, in the last sort of part of 2020, it's like every single day you see an amazing example of what you've just said, Gemma. And I like to think we can bring those examples, those, those kind of real time, this is what the Patagonias and the brew dogs of the world are doing that exactly as you said, are actually having really big impacts right now and setting new, new benchmarks and new standards. It, it's brilliant to see all of this happening in front of our eyes and seeing it every day in the media and on, on different digital channels. I just hope we can kind of show that flow of things happening. And to your point, you know, just give people some inspiration. I think that was the thing for me, writing the book, writing the case studies, researching the case studies. I almost, honestly, almost felt a bit embarrassed that I didn't already know about a lot of them. You know, like I had vague senses of some of them. But when, you know, I read about the likes of Intel and others and the things they're doing, it's like, wow, okay, I guess I need to know about these things. We do. And I think we also need to be a little bit curious and courageous in questioning some of the things because... You can have this blanket, oh yeah, we're 100% sustainable. This product is 100% sustainable. But when you look behind that, that's not the truth. There are statements that brands and organizations use and it's not as clear cut as that. And it's not because they're, they're purposely trying to hide things. It's just that these things are complex and complicated. So hopefully we can unravel some of that as well. I mean, our question is, can marketing save the planet, isn't it? The consumer has a lot to play and a big part to play in saving that. And marketeers influence the consumer. That is our role. We are the guardians of the consumer. So our whole focus on this podcast is to unravel those subjects and I suppose to bring to the fore all of this knowledge to support marketeers so that they can educate and influence consumers who ultimately are going to be the people to really make the shifts and changes. because. If people kind of start making decisions as to how and where they purchase things, that's when the brands have to really wake up to not only doing good for their own business and purpose, but they have to start aligning, don't they? Because it's being driven by the consumer. What about that whole topic that no doubt we'll go back to around the kind of the need for somebody to own sustainability within the business? I mean, we talked a lot about that in the book and I guess our kind of our sort of hypothesis, our thesis is that marketing just feels like a natural department to really drive the agenda around sustainability for the reasons that you just said, Gemma. But what are our kind of early thoughts about why that's not happening? Why doesn't someone like marketing already own it? And also why do the companies kind of struggle to get sustainability on their own agenda, do you think? It's like corporate social responsibility. I think it's been a tick box exercise for a number of years. And culturally and commercially, that is shifting, isn't it? I mean, we've seen there is these goals we get closer to 2030 and then the 2050 goals. I'm sure there'll be other goals that get implemented. Organizations, I suppose, now want to be seen to be doing the right thing and consumers are becoming more conscious. And, and so the tide feels as if it's turning. We hear a lot about it turning in the press and in articles. I'm just reading another piece of research right now before we jumped onto this podcast around sustainability and where it leads. But I think historically, there hasn't had to be any accountability. They can just do what they want to do. And corporate social responsibility is a nice to have. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, I know in the book, we talk about what business is. And business historically was all about doing the right things for the community. That is the history of business. And then it became very different and all about 
the shareholder value being driven. And I think now we're trying to turn around that again and become more community and think about people, profit and the planet in a different way. So, yeah, I think to answer your question and to answer the question, it will be interesting to think what others think on this, but I just don't think it's been on the agenda. I think it's been a tick box exercise. As we've discussed, there's no regulation, really. Not really. There's no regulatory things that people need to conform with. It's really do as you wish. And it's not really been that high up on the boardroom agenda. I was so encouraged by the amount of organizations that we researched and found that are making incredible strides, incredible Mm -hmm. strides. You know, there are thousands of organizations that are really getting behind the whole sustainability and driving change and making differences at all different scales, right from startups to huge organizations that are really driving change and have made it a key part of their agenda. So we just want to highlight, particularly to marketeers, that they are informed. We weren't, as senior marketeers, we weren't as informed as we are now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And why is marketing so important to driving this change? You know, you may be sat there doing your job as a marketer and, and think, well, I can't actually make a change to this. You know, this is too big. This is beyond me. And actually, no one's going to listen to me. I think marketing and those that work in it need to go, no, actually, we can make change. And, you know, we wrote about social marketing, we wrote about cause marketing. We wrote about all of the different areas that marketing is involved with within business. You know, it's the voice of your brand, but it's also the voice to society. And marketing essentially has driven consumerism through the roof, Mm -hmm. you know, and if it can do that, let's use our powers for good. For good. Better way. There's got to be a better way. And that's what we're going to explore, isn't it? We're going to explore all the ways that organizations are doing this, bringing hope, bringing possibility, bringing structure, bringing ideas, bringing imagination, bringing creativity, um, bringing optimism back to this very, very thorny subject. Sounds very exciting to me. I can't wait to start the journey. Um, It's been amazing working so far with both of you on it. I can't wait to take it to the next level and try and get some sense out of all of that. (laughs) It's exciting. So thank you for joining us today for our new podcast, Can Marketing Save the Planet? We're really looking forward to going on this journey with you to actually answering that question, can it? You've been listening to the Can Marketing Save the Planet podcast. You'll find the podcast on all the usual podcast platforms. And for more information, visit www.canmarketingsavetheplanet.com. <laughs> <laughs>